Welcome to Real Talk, a Wave Grant podcast. Hi, everyone. Ann and I sat down with Julia Kennelly and Lauren Minerath, and we spoke about finding your people, how to crew up for your short film. We covered topics such as interviewing different crew members, finding department heads, what to do in a snowstorm, and more. Hope you enjoyed the episode. My name is Anna Verde. And my name is Amy Omar. And this is Real Talk, a Wave Grant podcast, a resource for emerging filmmakers making their first short films. Today, episode four, we're going to talk about finding crew. Obviously, if you have an idea for a short film, you're certainly capable of doing many things by yourself, but making a film totally by yourself is kind of impossible. So we're going to talk about crewing up, how to find crew, how to hire. I think that's like a big thing as an emerging filmmaker is figuring out what questions to ask and how to find collaborators that make sense for the story you're telling and the kind of artists that you are. And we have two fabulous guests, but before we introduce them, we always start with our own experiences. So Amy, I'm curious about your process finding crew and who was the first person to sign on to your project to Breaking Fast after you had producers attached? I feel like the whole crew hiring process was super enlightening to me because, I mean, I had no idea how it worked. And so essentially after I brought on my two producers, they were amazing and they kind of immediately dove in and they were like, okay, we're just going to set you up with a bunch of essentially interviews with all these different department heads. And I would say usually in my last couple of projects, this is how it's kind of gone to the first person that we attach has been the DP, because a lot of times the DP is the person who you need to kind of spend more time with building out the look, the shot list, various steps. It's just a process that takes longer. So in my experience, it's been the DP who we've hired first. And Anna, how did you crew up for your film? Yeah, I think the same for us. The first people attached were my producers. And actually, because the visuals were so important, important to me. I wanted to sign on like a DP first or a production designer first because I knew that was going to be like really key to just everything. And especially like on an independent short film, you kind of want to trust who you're working with. So I was kind of spoiled in that I already had a production designer in mind and I've been friends with her since I was 15. So the first person to sign on after my producers and after my production designer was a DP. And she and I had a really close connection. She really connected to the story. Later on, it turned out that she had to like drop the shoot a month out, which was really tough. And we found a new DP really quickly after, but I did a lot of prep with her. And then the new DP that came in was also just such a wonderful guy. And then he shot my second short. It all ended up working out. But the hiring process, what was really important to me was finding people that I could connect with and people that, because it was my first short film, people that I wouldn't be shy in front of if I didn't know something because I didn't go to film school. So it was really important for me to meet and work with DPs who it was okay if like I didn't know the name of a lens. I could talk about the feeling of it and they could sort of fill in the gaps that I didn't have. And making sure that I had a really strong sense of story and they could sort of fill in the rest. So that was sort of a little bit of how I was approaching things was also just being like super honest about my shortcomings as a first time director so that they could meet me where I was instead of like posturing something different. And that's how I approached crewing up for my first short. 
we're going to talk with people that are more experienced than we are <laughs> in terms of hiring. So I'm really excited to introduce our guest. Julia Kennelly is a filmmaker and producer based in Los Angeles. She has produced numerous short films, including The Neighbor's Window, which won the Oscar for Best Live Action Short at the 2020 Academy Awards. As a director, her short film Marcy Learned Something New won a special jury mention in comedy at Aspen Shorts Fest in 2020 and it premiered online on Short of the Week, garnering a Best of the Month recognition and Vimeo Staff Picks Best of the Year award. Other films she's produced have been in competition at South by Southwest, Tribeca Festival, Outfest, and Palm Springs Short Fest, amongst others. Julia is also a line producer, most notably on the HBO documentary series The Vow. Julia is a 2023 Sundance Producing Lab Fellow and Mark Silverman honoree. Welcome, Julia. Thank you. Excited to be here. And I am going to introduce Lauren. Lauren Minerath is a writer and director of films and television. Her work has been supported by the Sundance Institute, the Gotham Film and Media Institute, Space on Writer Farm, and the Jacob Byrne Film Center Creative Culture Fellowship. She has written for and developed projects at Amazon Studios, New Line Cinema, Siobhan's Pictures, Fifth Season, and Anonymous Content. She is also a member of the WGA East inaugural Showrunner Academy program. She is currently developing her feature directorial debut, Claire, which was recently selected to be developed at the 2023 Sundance Creative Producing Lab. Her proof of concept short for the film premiered in competition at South by Southwest in March 2022. She enjoys analog photography in her free time and lives in Brooklyn with her dog, Ruth. Welcome, Lauren. Thank you for having me. You know, today we're talking about crewing up, hiring, and I'm curious about your relationship to one another, how you guys found each other. Yeah. So when we were prepping for the short version of Claire, I reached out to a friend of mine from NYU Film School named Carlos about producing it. He was the first person I came to about working on the movie. And he immediately said yes. And he brought on Julia and our friend Kareen. And the three of them just killed it. Never seen such a well-oiled machine. But Julia and I really got along and we became fast friends. And Julia produced my next short, and we just kind of had, like, a really good working relationship and energy together. And as the feature was coming along, I kind of realized that if I was going to be making something that meant so much to me, that I wanted to be working intimately with someone that I trusted. And so it was obvious that it should be Julia. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Well, and I also feel like it's interesting because I've done a lot of short films. And it was nice that we had this way of kind of working on a shorter project together before committing to this larger thing. And I think for a lot of people, it can be pretty scary to commit to doing a project of this size together when it's your first time doing it. If you don't have that baseline relationship of understanding that you can work well together, that you like each other. Like what Lauren said, it's like, it actually is important to be friends with people. Like, We had an experience this spring scouting for the movie where we got stuck in a snowstorm in Minnesota and, you know, we're just hanging out, (laughs) reading Harry Potter fan fiction together. And it's like, (laughs) it's like if you find it difficult to get along with that person that you've to spend years in development with, that's pretty challenging. And so I really can't emphasize enough how important it is like when you're choosing a project, obviously for me as a producer, I was really drawn to the fact that I think Lauren is wildly talented and I love her work, but it's so much more than that. It's also someone that you know you can really be in the trenches with. So I actually didn't know this until just now that you only met right before you shot Claire. I kind of thought that you guys were all friends in college because I know both of you went to NYU together. 
Do you have any memories from that first interaction of when you guys first met? And what was that like? (laughs) Well, I had just gotten back from L.A. I was in L.A. pitching for a TV show. And it was such a stressful time that the short was kind of on the back burner in that moment. And then I flew back to New York and Carlos and Julia had been like kind of working behind the scenes while I was in L.A., I met up with Julie right before a location scout for the school scene, and Carlos and Julia were the ones who found the school. And I landed in L.A., and the next day I'm in Ridgewood with Julia getting coffee with her right before we're supposed to look at this school together. So we've kind of just, like, thrown into the trenches together pretty quickly. But, I mean, obviously it all worked out. (laughs) So Carlos was the first producer attached to Claire then. Yeah, he was the first person I came to, but we knew that we were going to need more help. I wasn't able to produce it myself. It's just not really my strength. So I'm really glad that Carlos brought on two other very, very capable producers. But yeah, he was the first person I came to. And I think he just immediately went to Julia and Kareen to help. When he was making that decision to bring on two additional producers, and how did the producers divide up the tasks? I guess this is a question for Julia. (laughs) Well, I think this is kind of a short film specific question. So if anyone who's listening to this is like thinking about it, I would say it's a very different decision about how many producers and who gets a producer title on a feature than on a short. And I think the truth is like a short takes a village. No one has enough time. As long as everyone is competent and good at, you know, conflict resolution, (laughs) I think the more the merrier kind of. It's good to have a few people because everyone else has other jobs and it can be Mm -hmm. difficult to juggle all of those tasks. Mm -hmm. It's generally speaking good to have multiple producers on a short film because when you do it all by yourself, which I have, it's really a lot. And the other thing I would say, if anybody is doing their first film and they don't know how everything works with set, I would really advise trying to find someone who has a background in physical production, like professional, not just like they went to film school or something, because it really does make your life a lot easier, I think, to have someone who understands that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, creative producing is also really important, but there are people who don't know a lot about physical production and then it creates a lot of problems and so I would advocate for that if you know someone or you can find someone it's definitely worthwhile um Mm -hmm. I guess I I am a line producer so (laughs) maybe this is (laughs) when you say physical production for someone who may not be familiar with that term what do you mean by someone who's like versed in physical production it means they like know what everyone's job is they understand how to hire them They understand safety. They understand schedules. It's like someone who really understands physically how a film gets made and not just creatively. If you don't have that, the DP kind of becomes the producer and the DP only really knows their stuff. So then it means that all these other departments get really kind of screwed. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's kind of a perfect segue into our next question around how you found those other collaborators, particularly crew and talking about how many of these people were totally new to working with you all versus how many were pre-existing relationships that you're like calling people back. Mm -hmm. The crew on this was fantastic in my experience. I have nothing but praise for the crew we had, particularly the department heads. When we finally got into South by you only get a limited number of badges. And there was this question of like, oh my God, well, we have to give everyone a badge because they all were so vital to making this happen because we we didn't have a lot of money and we had like a really tight production schedule and everyone just like oh my god they were amazing but I had worked with my DP before we've made three movies together and hope we can keep working together but he and I have a really good working relationship we just kind of get each other his name's Zach Soltzfus he's fantastic 
his energy is very much like, I'll be the director's rock and I'll give them my opinion. And it's just that perfect balance of like feeling like you have someone that you can bounce ideas off of, but they won't take up too much space. So I brought Zach on and then we had this fantastic AD named Dina and she had a previous relationship with Julia and Kareen and we had a very ambitious shooting schedule. We would not have finished the movie if it weren't for Dina. And it was like my first time working with an AD who had a professional background and training. And it just, they're worth their weight in gold. Like, <laughs> it takes so much off of your plate. And then I think Heather Yancey, who was our production designer, she was the last person we brought on. And I didn't know her beforehand. And I'm not sure... I think Carlos might have known her through our friend Jane G, who is in that art world. And Jane and Heather were friends, and I think that's how she got recommended to us. But I think Heather was probably, like, the gamble a bit because we hadn't worked with her before, but we knew she had, like, really good credits, and we had heard good things about her, and she killed it. Like, she was a one-woman art team, and, I mean, you look at the movie, and... I can't believe what she pulled off with the resources that she had. Like, yeah, I have nothing but effusively positive things to say about everyone who worked on this. Um, yeah, I would echo that as well. We had a really wonderful crew and it was a very tough. We really did this for so much less money than you would think. <laughs> and part of the reason we're not naming certain department heads is because they didn't exist. Like we didn't have wardrobe. I was like <laughs> blow drying a dress in a school gym. <laughs> yeah. I was like going to like uh, thrift stores and just picking out clothes for the actors and stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I wouldn't normally recommend, I mean, in general, I would say it's very important to have these positions, but sometimes it's like, you know, you got to do what you got to do. And so everyone really put their heart and soul into it in the middle of a blizzard. And yeah. um, <laughs> an unexpected yeah. blizzard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> a lot of snow related trauma with this team. It is. It depends what time of year we end up shooting the feature, but it is set in Minnesota and we're trying to shoot it in Minnesota and it does feel likely that more snow trauma could be in our future. <laughs> Maybe it's like a good luck charm for you guys though. I think so actually. So far, yeah, it's been great, mm -hmm. honestly. Yeah, I mean, when we were shooting in the surprise blizzard, I remember it being a nightmare at the time because we were also running behind schedule and like we're running around with our 16-year-old actress in someone's backyard while like a snowblower is going off in the background. Oh Zach is following her for like five minutes, like with this tracking shot, we're trying to time like the lights going on on the porch and we're running behind and we're like yelling, go, go, go. And I just remember thinking, okay, if we get this, it's going to look amazing, but that's a big if. But then I saw the footage the next day, and I was like, okay, this looks amazing. I'm really glad that we got dumped on. Well, it's, sometimes it's those situations that brings you closer together. A natural disaster, all of the above. I mean, in a way, it's kind of like summer camp too, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Winter it, camp. Yeah. Winter camp, <laughs> yeah. <exactly>. yeah. <laughs> so when you were staffing either Claire or in general, and you are in a position where you're meeting someone new, like, for example, when you met Heather for the first time, what are some things that you, you spoke to her about? Like, what did you ask her? Oh, man. I think when I talked to Heather, since I hadn't met her before, mostly we just talked about, like, we shot in upstate New York, but the film is set in Minnesota. So I just remember talking with her about, like, that aspect of it, like capturing the Midwest and the production design. I sent her some pictures and stuff, but really all I remember saying to her is like, oh, in Minnesota, we're really into loons. Mm. <laughs> so there's like a shot where like there's these two like big loon prints in someone's bedroom. I gave her like 
broad strokes of what I was looking for. And she really took that and filled it in in a really satisfying way. During that process, after you gave her kind of the initial inspiration, were you like in constant communication like throughout the production no. process? Or? No, I, like I said, I gave her like broad strokes. I definitely sent her some references and stuff, but there's like this talent portion scene in the movie, like a, like a high school talent show. And I sent her some references, but I remember walking into the auditorium when Heather was basically finishing up and doing it all by herself, I think. Maybe she had an assistant, but I think she was doing it mostly by herself. And I walked in and I was just like, whoa, oh my God, this is incredible. I could not believe what she pulled off with such limited resources. I think sometimes the best department head or the best like crew person that you have on your set is someone who understands your film so deeply, but also understands your film even to an extent where you might not even have ever envisioned that. But you're like, this Mm -hmm. is so perfect. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing about hiring people that you trust, because it's like as a director, I mean, you have a vision, but you don't want to micromanage people. The best thing that you can do, I think, is to hire people that you trust so that you can kind of give them your vision and like, okay, I get that. And then they can take it from there. I would say more often than not, they're going to give you something that matches what you had in mind, but you didn't have to like micromanage them or articulate it in like these exhausting, time-consuming, super detailed ways. Oh, exactly. I actually, I met Heather at South by Southwest when I came to your screening of Claire. And then I hired Heather for my short. Yeah. So she also production designed my short as well. And I had the exact same situation with her where like, I remember going into like the teenage girl's bedroom and I was like, how do you know who this person is? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like more than I do. She, she's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. She has a gift. Heather's very quiet, but she's very observant. And you just can kind of see the wheels turning in her head. And so I think that's kind of like what's going on when you walk onto set after she's done her thing and you're like, oh, wow. Okay. This is what I picture, but more. Yeah. And Julia, as a producer, I feel like a lot of times you have the responsibility of finding department heads for your director if they don't have people that they already have in mind. What has that experience been like for you? It's a lot of either people I've worked with before or recommendations from people that I know, I would say, generally speaking. And a big part, especially with art department, and art department wardrobe are two departments where like a lot of the work takes place in a setting that you don't see as the rest of production, right? You see everyone loading the grip truck, but you don't see all of the prep that these two departments do, which involves a lot of physical labor. And so I think it's really important to have very frank conversations with people about what the expectations are and what their resources are going to be, because I think sometimes people are afraid to tell people really how tight the budget is, obviously, on a short, or like, you're not going to have assistance, or you're not going to have whatever. And I think having that conversation very frankly allows you to both hear back from that person of like, okay, yes, but I absolutely need this thing. Otherwise I cannot do this. And then you can actually adjust as production and like give them the thing that they need, you know, if that's possible. Go in with open eyes on both ends. So everyone understands like, these are the resources we were given. This is what I can do with it. This is something I cannot do because you didn't give me enough, you know? And then we're like, okay, cool. We can plan for that. I think people sometimes get into situations where maybe they're ashamed of really telling people what things are or they're afraid that they'll be judged or whatever. And I just think it's like the most professional and kind thing you can do is be really, really clear. When I'm reaching out to people, it's like, yeah, I'm telling them how great I think it is creatively, but I'm also being very upfront about this is what you're signing up for so that they can make the best decision for themselves. I think that's so key. And I think the director and the producer in terms of hiring crew, they're co-leading the situation. 
First, it's like the producer is kind of like, here are lists, here are options, meet with these people, the director's interviewing them. I know for my short, my producer also sat in on those interviews. Were you sitting in on those interviews or was it more like one-on-one creative conversations with the director? How was your role in the interview process as a producer? For Claire... I wasn't. I think generally speaking, when it's just a creative conversation, I think it is nice to kind of let them do it themselves because otherwise I'm just sort of like sitting there silently and like (laughs) nodding. (laughs) I don't know. It just feels more formal. And those conversations are so great when it's like you're feeling really seen by the other person you're bonding. You know, there's all these sort of interpersonal things about it. So I feel like it's nice to kind of have these separate conversations where we're doing like a purely creative jam and then a more logistical jam. But you don't want to get into a situation where the creative jam happens first. No one has disclosed anything about (laughs) what the realities are. Yeah. And then it's like, oh no, none of that's true anymore. It's balancing expectations going into that. Most people should get that when it's a short film, that that's kind of the conversation. But yeah, it also depends. Sometimes it is good to be there as a creative producer. It's really like But I say in the logistical side of things, I would not generally be a part of that call. So when you're in a situation where you're meeting potential department head for the first time and Lauren, like you're meeting them for coffee and you have to ask them certain things, like what do you ask them? Well, like what are some of the things that you look for either creatively or like personality traits? For me, I am just kind of going off of vibe. I mean, like if I were to meet with someone and I just got a bad feeling from them. I would hesitate to work with them. And with a short film, I mean, to be honest, especially if you don't have a lot of money, you are basically getting people who are available and are willing to work on something because they like it, because they like you, or like someone that they like recommended you to them. So it's not just about like, here's what I'm looking for. They're also in a position where they're like, well, do I want to spend a weekend spending 12 hours a day with you? You know, it's not just what I'm looking for. I think it's like they also want to make sure that they're not going to waste 12 to 14 hours a day with someone who is crazy and has unrealistic expectations and is like (laughs) making a shitty movie. Um, So I would say it's kind of like a, a first date and you're both sussing out if you like each other or not. And if like this is something that they want to spend time on and if you're someone that they would want to work with in the future, too. Yeah, definitely. Truly cannot underestimate the power of a vibe check. (laughs) It's all about the vibe check. It is. Well, and I think also something that I've always really appreciated when I'm interviewing department heads, especially for like an art department type of role, sometimes they come with like a PowerPoint. That is kind of like the winning thing for me. It just shows that this person read the script Mm -hmm. and not only they went one step further and they made a deck. And it just shows you that they're invested in the project, like they have a vision. Mm -hmm. And it's important as well to come to those meetings prepared. It's like, yes, the vibes are important and these are all important things. But does this person fundamentally understand what you're trying to say? Mm -hmm. And and vice Mm -hmm. versa. Mm -hmm. Amy loves slides. I think I I like looking at slides. I don't like making (laughs) slides. (laughs) I mean, I think also it's like that process can be an opportunity to learn things. Like, you know, if you interview four different people, you're not going to hire all of them, but you might get ideas from some of them that you like. And that's great. It's like if they see something in a certain way that didn't occur to you and that's something that you can bring with you to the project. Completely. I think when I was interviewing people for my first short, something that was really key for me, and I mentioned this a little bit at the beginning, was finding people that can meet me halfway in terms of like where I was coming from and the skill sets that I had and them being generous with me and being willing to understand. But 
it's so hard because as a director, you're the leader of the process and you want people to be confident in you and your decisions and your vision. But then there was also a little bit of a gap because it was my first short and my background was mostly in theater. You know, give me an actor and I will get a performance. But when it comes to like a lens, I couldn't tell you the difference between two of them at the time. Right. And so one of the things that was really key for me was making sure that they could meet me halfway in terms of where I was coming from, but also that I could meet them halfway for wherever they were coming from too, so that it really felt mutual. You know, one of the questions we always asked was like, what are things that you want to explore in your practice that you maybe haven't gotten the opportunity to yet? Or is there anything after reading the script that you'd want to try or anything like that, particularly with DPs, I think, because they are such a partner as well. I mean, all department heads really are, but I feel like With your director of photography, that's someone who really helps finishing out to build out like the visual language of the film. That's something that I remember asking, too. What's something that you want to explore? Especially because the department heads that are going to be signing on for a short are also starting out and, and early and hungry and wanting the experience. I think what's tough with short sometimes is like you're under resourced because you don't have a ton of money. You don't have a ton of time because you don't have a ton of money. When you have crew, if they're at a certain level, they're booked with other jobs. You have kind of also like a limited resource. And this is my experience specifically because I was shooting on location in Puerto Rico. So like there's a small filmmaking community there and it's either you're like working on Bad Bunny's music video and like, (laughs) you know, you're crewed up there or you're doing like short term gigs, you know, like short films or smaller independent music videos or commercials or things like that. But people are really gigging. And so because there are limited amounts of crew, and this is specifically for people who aren't shooting in New York or L.A. or like shooting in their hometowns, you want to get to know the filmmaking community, but also it's a good opportunity to meet people in film school, people who are just hungry for the experience, who want to learn. Because shorts are like a really expensive business card for the director or the writer and the producer, too, in some ways. But There's a limited amount of badges when you get into festival. And like the people who really reap all the benefits, a lot of times it is the director. Mm -hmm. So how to also make it a valuable experience for your crew when they're not getting paid a ton of money and it's so much work. And so it's it's partly being someone that they want to spend time with, too, and also making sure that it's as fruitful for them as I mean, it's invaluable to us because we're not paying them even half of probably what they deserve. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I also think the only thing I would add to that is that I wouldn't count out how often people are actually willing to do stuff who are very professional. And I think part of it is the squeeze we've all been feeling in the entertainment industry that like sometimes it's like work is work and, you know, people want to do something instead of nothing. But I also think how often do you get Again, assuming that it's good and that there are plenty of short films that are bad and like, yeah, that is kind of a waste of everyone's time, to be honest. It's like if you're not learning anything, you're just doing something that's not successful and you didn't make any money. But I think... I mean, mean, yeah, I mean, you're being, yeah, it's real. (laughs) You know, but I think it's like, yeah, everyone got into the film industry not primarily because they just wanted a job. It's like it is because they actually really care and are really highly skilled at this specialized thing that they do. And so getting the opportunity sometimes to do it in the setting, even if there's a lot of money, but they're maybe given a lot more creative freedom, they're getting to connect to material Mm -hmm. that they really care about is not nothing. And I think that people who work in the film industry are like some of the most generous and hardworking and incredibly dedicated people that I've met in my life. And it's always amazing to me how much people are willing to do when you would think this is so beneath you. I mean, I think a good example is Julia and I. I think when you first signed on to producing my short, 
you were still producing The Vow, you know. I just finished, I think. Okay. Yeah. 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 And I mean, you could say that my rinky dink short was beneath you, but now we have this amazing working relationship and right. hopefully it continues for years to come. I did not feel it was beneath me, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think that is the thing with like thinking about your producers. If you're looking for people to produce your movie, you want people who have these relationships and you want someone who's, again, really in it for this project because they're the person who's going to be the most long term having to keep working on it. You want someone who's really interested in the actual thing and interested in you and not just kind of doing this because they feel like they need another credit or whatever. Yeah, definitely. I'm also curious about the director-producer relationship in particular. What words of advice do you have about that relationship? How have you navigated maybe some difficult situations that you've been in in general? It's knowing what each of your strengths are. I think the best thing you can do is just have a good communication process because no matter what, you're going to disagree about things. And the more that you care about this, the more likely it is that that disagreement could be more intense because you really want the best for the thing that you're doing together and you're both putting so much into it. It's about respecting each other enough to know that like the reason you're having a disagreement is not personal. It's about both of you trying to find what's best for the project. And I think as a producer, not just the director, I think with every one, there's sort of innate conflict because everyone needs something from you and you can only give out so much and you can only do so much. And I think that conflict is what actually creates the best film because everyone should be fighting for their mm -hmm. thing. A lot of it is understanding the difference between fighting for something in a professional working context and actually getting in like an emotional fight, which is not as easy to navigate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree with everything Julia has to say. I think trust is so crucial. Julia and I, when we're figuring out a game plan or a strategy, we can just talk about it openly and in good faith because we both are on the same page and we both know that we're on the same page. There are going to be road bumps and we're going to run into problems and things are going to get discouraging at times. That's the game, especially with like a first feature or a short film. There's so much disappointment. It's so exhausting and you're always putting out fires. So the most important thing is to just have someone who you can trust who you know, like, okay, maybe Julia wants to do something different than me, but I know it's not because of her ego. It's because based on her experience, she feels it's the best thing to do for the project. And that just makes those tough moments so much easier to navigate. Yeah, one of the things that Otto and I have spoken about in the past is just the ability and the power of a producer when you're on set and how they kind of shelter or protect the director mm -hmm, from mm -hmm. like everything that's happening in the outside world. There's so much chaos that's yep. happening not on set that's right next door. And I'm always so impressed by how the producers just like protect you because at the end of the day, everyone's on the same team. They're just trying to help you make your movie. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, every short I had made before Claire, and I worked with great producers too, but we just didn't have any money. And there's always like some element of me having to put out fires too while I was directing. And I think because on Claire, there were three of you and you all like worked together so well. I remember getting on set and having this energy of like, okay, how do I got to help out? How do I got to help out? And then everything was taken care of. And it was the first time where I was like on set as a director and I was like, oh, I guess I'm just going to hang out in the corner and read the sides in the shot list until the actors are ready. 
you know, I don't have to like worry about crafty. Yeah. It's the best know? feeling. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely I definitely remember like the days leading up to like me making breaking fast and I felt like I was the only person in the crew that wasn't really working. And I was like, yeah. are you sure you don't need me for anything? Yeah, it's it's a weird <laughs> feeling to have everyone around you working so hard and so frenetically and you're just kind of hanging out and like reading the script and just waiting for your actors to come talk to you. I feel lucky to have done both of these roles because I think it helps you understand the other one. I think what's scary about that when you're the director or actors, I think also can be in this situation where it's like, you're kind of siloed from certain things because everyone else is trying to not bother you with it. And then you're like, oh, I just have to sit with my, <laughs> like with myself and my process and feel like confident in what I'm doing, but it can be very isolating. As a producer, I have to balance trying to you know, take care of all these things in a way that doesn't stress out the director, obviously, or like unnecessarily take their attention away from what they need to be doing. But also be aware that like, you don't want to just like leave that person totally alone in this way that then they're like, oh no, what am I doing here? You know, sometimes I think there can be a feeling of like, oh, the directors and actors and writers are so sheltered. They don't understand like <laughs> the hard truths of production. <laughs> and to some extent, sure, obviously that is true. But I think overall, it's like everyone actually does a very difficult personal job to do. And the reason that the set should be run that way is because that person is holding so much weight in their head and in their heart while they're trying to do this job. Yeah. And it's right before that moment where we're just sitting in a corner with the sides or whatever. It's like all of the work leading up to that. The reason why everyone's able to do all their jobs is because you've prepped and you've done all of really intense work at the beginning on top of, you know, if it's a super personal story, you've like bared your soul, which is no lightweight e either, I feel like. It's just different kind of work. Oh, it's so true. Yeah. We have one last question for both Lauren and Julia. What's a final word of advice that you guys have for someone making their first film? I mean, we've covered a lot of it already, which is that I think it's so crucial to trust your collaborators. Like Julia said, when we got snowed in in Minnesota, we were staying at this roadside motel somewhere that we were able to get into last minute because all the other hotels were booked up. And yeah, for a, there was a no. curling. Of course, there was. Yeah. There was a curling <laughs> tournament in town. <laughs> like literally, we walked into this one hotel thinking that it would be empty, and we were like, "Could we get a room for tonight?" And there's this woman behind the desk who's just like, mm, "No, you cannot." Oh. <laughs> um, trust the abilities and the intellect of your collaborator, while also being unexpectedly stuck in a roadside motel during an April blizzard and reading Harry Potter erotica fan fiction with them. <laughs> like that is like, <laughs> that is special. Yeah. And mm -hmm. if you can find that, hold on to it. <laughs> <laughs> I second that. I also think as far as like a first short film, it's a very expensive learning process, but it is a learning process. And I think it's easy to put so much pressure on yourself. And obviously Amy, your film's incredibly successful and, and wonderful, but like a lot of people, the first time they do a short film, it might not be that and it might not have the external validation that they're looking for, but that doesn't mean you're not a good filmmaker. It doesn't mm -hmm. mean you can't improve. And I think so much of becoming good at this is really working. If you're coming into this and you have no experience in film, like, that's so hard to make this jump of, like, I'm going to run this thing that I don't understand. And, and so if you, obviously, if you come from a background of working in another job, that's a bit easier. But I would say 
remember that and try to really focus on the process because ultimately, no matter how wildly successful you are, the external validation will never Mm -hmm. probably fill you Mm -hmm. up. (laughs) And what will fill you up is loving this process that is stressful and crazy, but also joyful. And I would try to keep that in mind. Yeah, I agree. I think it's crucial to not be afraid of of failing. It's not let, uh, well, quote unquote failing. But if you see something as like a failure, don't let that deter you because this is such a hard industry. The barrier for entry is so high, especially if you are coming without any connections. And it's a hard skill to, it takes practice. And also there are people who, I know people who their first shorts were very successful and then they weren't able to like match that and they got really discouraged and everyone's path is different. We don't know like what's in store for us. It's just so hard to predict. It's a very unpredictable industry. So be aware of that and don't let the dark moments like deter you. That was really great, you guys. Thank you so much for joining us today amidst your busy schedules. (laughs) Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you. This is Real Talk, a Wave Grant podcast, is produced by Taylor Wildenhouse, Anna Verde, and Amy Omar. Mixing by Lonnie Rowe Wade. Theme song by Alana Meal. Executive producers are Jennifer Westfall and Joe Plummer. Presented to you by Wavelength.